Welcome, friends, to The Hero Beside Me, the podcast that seeks to explore the professional and private lives of working dogs of all kinds. For thousands of years, humans and canines have shared a special bond and an essential partnership, which continues to grow in importance in our society today. Dogs are helping humans in a myriad of ways, performing essential tasks that only they can perform. The more we learn about them, the more endless their potential seems to be. It is my goal to document the way these amazing animals are making an indelible mark on our world with their astonishing abilities, incredible drive, insatiable zest for life, and unconditional love, which they generously bestow upon their humans. Join me as I explore the wonder of these canine heroes beside us. Welcome listeners, I'm so glad you're here. Today I am with Amy Boggs, who is a canine handler for Innovative Pest Solutions. We are in Rancho Cucamongo, California, and Amy is going to talk to us about um, using detection dogs for pest control. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship with dogs. So I have two working scent detection canines, and they both uh, sniff out bed bugs. Um, I started doing this about three years ago. Um, I randomly went for a, a change of career, found this, and fell in love with it. What were you doing before? Uh, I've done a variety of things, but uh, mostly worked in casinos. Oh. How did you stumble upon canine handling dogs? Um, I've always loved animals um, and I found an ad on Indeed for a small company that was hiring and they wanted someone to come and learn how to do this type of work and I jumped at it and convinced them to hire me without any <laughs> any experience in the area. Wow, so did you already have your dog? No, no. The first company, um, I went with the owner of the company and we went to rural Alabama and Uh, I think I told you before, FSI Canine is who I got the first dog from. Um, And I did a week of training there with the owner and FSI Canine on how to work a bedbug dog. And we also did um, certification at the end of the week with WDDO, which is World Detector Dog Organization. So we were a certified team. So the dog belonged to the company? The dog belonged to the company, yes. And did you have any You didn't have a pet dog or anything? No, I didn't have any. I didn't have, I only had a cat, which was fine. So um, I had a a good setup where I could keep her here um, with me. And um, I made all the first time mistakes that you could think of with her. Um, She's a great pup. But uh, like I said, I made a lot of mistakes in the beginning, just kind of trying to find out how to have a working dog versus having a pet. Was she your first, the first dog you've ever had? No, I've had multiple dogs. Yeah, we grew up with dogs and cats around animals, so I felt comfortable with them, but I'd never had a working dog, which is completely different from a pet. Yes, let's talk about that a little bit. But first, uh, scent work dogs, how are they used for pest control? For pest control, it's bed bugs. Um, They can also be used, I've heard of dogs um, finding rats. I, I don't know the total specifics. I've never seen it. It can also sniff out termites, but that's lesser done now. I think that there's electronic equipment that can find termites as well. Um, the dogs aren't used as much, but the bed bugs is still a big thing. Um, bed bugs hide very well. 
And so people think you can't see them, but you can see them. But they do give off, the live ones give off a pheromone. It smells kind of like uh, rotten fruit. And the dogs can pick up that odor in a very small amount. Um, we can also smell it in larger amounts. Who are your clients typically? Uh, mostly it's property management companies and hotels. So managers of uh, multiple buildings um, for where people are renting will have us come in, um, either do a single unit or sometimes we do the whole building. We can do like 100, 200 units in a day, depending on how many dogs that we're working. Um, and we can go into the unit and be with, in and out of the unit within less than a couple minutes and have the dog smell and the dog can smell and see if there's any odor of live bed bugs. So Gypsy's from FSI Canine in Alabama, <laughs> Southern girl. So we'll take her in and her search command is search. So I'll have her sit. Search. She's very methodical, slow and methodical. You'll see the difference when you see Kaya. Kaya is pretty fast. And then we'll go on to the next room here. You ready? Okay. Search. So she's found odor. She sits and she knows to keep her nose on that odor till I pay her. And you try to pay her right at source. And she'll keep going on. Pay me again. Good girl. And with her, I like to use a high reward treat, like some little bit of chicken or a treat type thing. Good girl. Good job. Good job, Bubba. So if they detect any odor of live bed bugs at all, they just... They'll alert. Um, every dog is a little different depending on how they were trained. Both of my dogs have passive alerts, which means that they don't scratch or do anything. They just sit at the odor. So uh, there are, we do have one beagle with the company still that, that does scratch at odor. He'll sit and scratch, well not sit, but scratch at the odor and then he's paid uh, through food off odor. So um, the passive alert is kind of nice because they're not going to really touch anything. Especially when it's bed bugs, uh, you really don't want them um, like rubbing against anything. <laughs> yeah. So, so then they, if they just assume that if they f if they found a bed bug in a, an armchair, for instance, that they need to go ahead and treat the whole room or the whole yeah. Room? As far as that goes, yeah. So what happens is if the dog alerts. Um, we don't automatically pay them, which means we don't either give them food reward or a treat. I mean, a food um, or a toy reward. We will verify that there is live odor there, that there are live bugs there. And then we'll bring them back to it, have them alert and pay them. When we do the training, we, we, we pay them right away. So they're used to that. They're okay with that process in the field of not getting paid right away. But then what happens is even if there's, say, um, in a three bedroom apartment, if we find one bug in one room, we're gonna treat the whole apartment. Whether that be a chemical treatment of every room and every area in that apartment that we feel like that there might be bed bugs or it'd be a heat treatment is what we also use, that you heat the whole apartment up past a certain point. Yeah, you bring in these giant heaters into the apartment or home or whatever we're gonna heat up 
and put them over a certain temperature that will kill not only the live bugs, it will kill the eggs as well. So the eggs are very small. They look like really, for bed bugs, really tiny Tic Tacs. So yeah, some, if you don't know what they look like, you, you might not even notice them. So do you have any advice for travelers? Uh, yeah, so I, I, I still stay in hotels, even without my dogs. I don't, I, I'm fine with that. Uh, there's things that you can look for. Uh, you want to take, you should always take uh, um, <laughs> uh, something to look at the bugs. So a flashlight and maybe take a look at your headboard um, in hotels. The headboard is one of the places that we find them the most. Really? Yeah, because you're they're changing the sheets often and moving all that stuff around. So the, the bugs are looking for a place where they can stay, like their habitat, their home place that they'll stay. So they'll stay there and then they'll come out, feed on you and then go back to their little home habitat. Oh. So they don't do that as much on the sheets um, and the bedding in um, hotels because that's changed more often than you do in your home. I mean, they can still be there and they can still be on the mattresses, but um, definitely the headboard. Um, you're going to want to look for things like there, it's little black spotting. I think I, I don't know if I pointed it out to you in the vial that I have the bed bugs in. Um, it looks like if you took the tip of a... Um, a sharpie marker and just touched it onto paper that's what their poop looks like it's totally flat yeah they're little like black 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 dots so if you see that on the sheets or if you saw that on the headboard um you might want to check a little bit further or you know ask to change rooms <laughs> so because the thing is if they're um so they'll, they'll have their little home place that they stay, say it's on the headboard. Uh, you're sleeping at night. They're, they sent you by uh, your CO2 that you breathe out and by your heat, they can find you and then they'll feed on you and then they'll go back to their spot. So after they feed on you, they'll immediately pretty much as they're going back, start kind of pooping along the way and leave a trail of poop. So uh, that's the little spotting that you see, um, like people when you know what to look for on sheets and stuff when I do inspect. I'm not just looking for bugs. I'm also looking for activity per se. So if you're traveling, you put your bag in the bathtub and check yeah. the headboard? Yeah, check the headboard, check the sheets. Just take a quick look with a flashlight. Uh, just look online, see what bed bugs look like and what uh, their poop stains look like. <laughs> we call it fecal matter. but um, And then you can just take a quick look and then maybe sleep a little bit better. Uh, so, And also the thing is, too, is not everybody reacts to the bites, which is kind of scary. So, yeah. Now, how long have dogs been used for this purpose you know i'm not sure how long i do know uh it's been it's been years and years and they first started with the beagles the small beagle dogs um i know it's it's a big thing like in the bigger cities like new york we do a lot of work in la like i'd say the majority of my work is is la um once you get the denser dense densely populated cities where people are living very close to each other in a proximity and you have one unit that becomes severely infested those bugs will start moving through the walls through the outlets onto uh the surrounding units especially if the person in the unit where it's infested starts self-treating with sprays or bug bombs or things like that what happens is that disrupts the bugs from their habitat and they'll go searching out to find food which is us so you can, what happens is one person will have it, maybe they're not reacting in an apartment, they're older, or they just don't react to it, or they just don't see it, they don't get it, or, or they don't want to tell the management, so they start self-treating, and then it spreads it through the building. 
quickly. Do you find yourself pretty busy then? Very busy. Yeah, we stay really busy. I mean, obviously with COVID, things just got a little bit crazy, but you know, the bed bugs weren't stopping. We stopped going into units with the dogs for a couple months, but then we started back again. And now it's just getting very, very busy again because all the ones that we would do, we would have buildings that we would do quarterly. We haven't done in a while. Now they want them all done. You know, they want us to come in and do the inspections because they realize that the earlier that you can catch a bed bug infestation, the less likely it's going to spread to surrounding units and the easier it is to treat. When you do it quarterly, do you find that you're finding them less often? Yes. Yes. That's the whole part of using the dogs is we can go through so many units so fast that if it was a visual inspection, it would take me quite a while, I mean, uh, to go through multiple apartments and then I might not see something, you know, that the dog might pick up some odor. So it's a it's a team effort, you know, the dog is the, the big part of it, but it's also, um, once you start doing it, you, you can see some signs just visually as well. So and just because the dog alerts, you know, doesn't mean that we say, oh, yeah, 100 percent there's bed bugs right there. You know, we visually verify this. And, um, you know, and also you need to do that kind of work when you're doing anything with dogs. You can't just take their word for it. You know, you need to know, you know, what's going on if a dog does start alerting like things like. When we, we, the best part of what I like to do is when, when we get to work with multiple dogs. When we'll do a large building and we'll have multiple handlers and multiple dogs, the dogs kind of feed off of each other and their vibe, even though they're not interacting directly, but it's kind of like they get more excited and they, and so you start working and stuff and then say, um, a dog shows interest. So interest is different than an actual alert. An actual alert is a full on yes. So interest is you you know your dog that, you know, like I told you like earlier, we were, I said, oh, that she's not working anymore. She's sniffing for the cat. She's not sniffing for bed bugs because, you know, I can tell the difference in watching her. So sometimes when you're in a unit and you see the dog react in a certain way, and you're like, oh, there's interest, but she's not alerting. And then you take a look and you don't see anything. Then you can bring in another dog and have that dog do a check too. But the problem with that can be too, is the dogs start to pick up on that. Anything you do repetitively with dogs, they pick up on very fast. So if we start doing that, and we do that only in units where we find things, where we actually find bugs, then once they, sometimes if they smell other dog odor, that they work with, they'll immediately alert to that when they're not actually alerting on bed bug odor. So you, you have to always watch because the dogs, especially the mouths, they'll anything they can do, you know, to just get that little little inch forward. You know, you gotta gotta watch them every time. You know, anything they can do to get paid. Yes, everything they can do to get paid. I mean, not always. I, I Kaya's really good. My 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 dog Kaya. Um, from Gold Coast Canon, she's really good. I don't have a lot of false alerts on her, but I did find we were doing a lot of group inspections and there was one that she did, I felt like alert to the odor of another dog because I could not find anything there. And I did, but the thing is, I, I wish odor, we could see odor, you know what I mean? To know, was there an actual odor there that she did pick up on and, or was it, you know, that other dog odor that she was picking up on, so. You know, you always got to like make sure anything you do repetitively with them that they pick up on. Oh, that's going to get me my reward. That's going to get me my reward. So how do you keep from bringing the bed bugs home? Uh, there's multiple things that we do in the field. Um, I don't spray pesticides, but I am licensed to spray pesticides in California with pest control for you to be able to do 
bug inspections, including bed bugs, and say definitively this is a bed bug, you have to have a branch two license, which is also your license to um, apply pesticides. Um, while I just do the dog stuff, the guys who carry pesticides sometimes, there are certain ones that they can um, spray on their boots after they've gone into infested units and stuff like that. Well, I don't have that. So the next best thing is um, rubbing alcohol at the highest level uh, that will kill them on contact. Yeah, so I put that in a spray bottle and then I'll have that. And when I come out of units and before I get in my car, I'll just spray down my shoes and my pants and it doesn't hurt anything. You spray the dog? I, You know, I haven't sprayed her down. I've never found one on her. You know, all of her gear stays in my car. I don't bring it into my house. Um, so as I get her out of the car, when I load her in the car, I don't have I don't have her gear on her. It's in the it's in the car. And then when um, at night when she comes out, I take all of her gear off and put it in there. It's kind of like my fail safe for that stuff, because like I told you, the heat kills. So, you know, having a car that sits out in the sun, I always I've never seen them in my car other than on me. <laughs> like I've never found a nest in a car. I've I've inspected cars with her multiple times. I've never I've heard of it. I've heard that truck drivers have had them before. And you think about they sit in their car. That's like their home, right? Yeah, I've heard about crazy infestations. I've never seen a car infestation, but I've only heard of them. Do bed bugs spread any diseases? Or are they just they don't? They've never been shown to spread disease like um, anything like a mosquito or anything like that. Um, but they are full of blood. And um, I, I told you earlier, but, you know, I deal with, we collect them and we put them into vials for training with the dogs. You always have to have a vial with bed bugs on you when you're working, because if you're not finding bed bugs in the field, you have to plant these vials for them to stay motivated to keep working. Or if you feel like your dog's not working, you know, or whatever, anything kind of training you want to do, you have to have these vials at all times. So we're constantly finding, when we find bed bugs, collecting them. And that's, um, I do a lot of the, I call it the processing of collecting the bed bugs and then putting them into the vials. And it's a little more complicated than it sounds. You know, they're, they're, they're fast and, you know, kind of scary. You don't want to get them on you. And, you know, I have little precautions that I take and I have a whole set of gear that I have. And I always have the rubbing alcohol right there to like anytime and as soon as I'm done, I just rubbing alcohol all over everything, including me. Um, so I mean, you have to take these precautions because these bugs are fast and they are small. And the, the first instar, which is when they're first born, are so small, it's smaller than a sesame seed. So, and they're clear before they, they're like a really light brown. So before they feed, you can barely even see them. Do you collect them with tweezers? Uh, we actually just pick them up. We have gloves on, but you pick them up with your like first two fingers and you try not to squish them. And then how do you keep them alive? Like, what do you feed them? You don't feed them anything. How long do they last? It depends. They can last for fork, folklore or whatever you want to say, uh, up to a year, they say. But they last a couple months, maybe. It depends on, yeah, without eat, without feeding. Um, usually when I have them in the vials like I do now, it really just depends on how much I use that vial, like how disrupted it is. Like if, cause I keep it in my front little pocket right here when I'm in the field, you know, so I can easily pull it out anytime I need to. So if I have one a lot in my pocket, maybe a month to two months that they'll stay alive in there. But as they die off, um, I think the, the hardest, I mean, you haven't asked me, but I think the hardest thing with bed bugs and scent detection is the fact that once you start working the dogs with the live odor, there's always the dead odor and the fecal matter odor with it. 
So the problem is getting the dogs to only alert on the odor of the live bed bug. Because our company, we do, um, part of our treatment process is if we do um, a chemical program or a heat treatment program with the chemical program, the last step of our, well, the first process is the initial treatment. Then we come back a week later, we do an inspection. And then we'll also chemically treat at that time. So it's that, those two. And then a month after that, either I or someone else will come in with a dog and do a canine inspection to try to clear the unit to make sure that there's no more new alive activity. So the problem is though, when dogs are finding the live odor in the field, there's 90% of the time there's gonna be dead bed bugs and there's gonna be fecal matter. Well, there's always gonna be fecal matter also. So to keep the dog on just the live odor and not the dead and the fecal or the old eggs is difficult. It's constant of what we call proofing off of the, the dead odor. So I mean, how how do you even what I do is I don't I don't think I showed you outside. I have what are called scent pipes um, and you can put whatever you want in it. And on top, they can kind of scent it. So what I'll do is I'll fill all the pipes with dead and one of them with live in there. So all of them with the dead or fecal and make sure that she's only gonna alert when there's also, there's also gonna be all those other odors, but only with the live odor as well. Wow. So it's a constant upkeep with it. You have to train every day? Not every day, but you know in the field, because I do what, they're called elimination inspections, where we go in, where there's always gonna be dead odor and there's always gonna be fecal matter because we've treated a unit. So if, she, if I see that she's starting to alert on that, and then I'm doing the inspection and I'm not finding any live activity, then I know I need to, you know, we come back today, I gotta pull out the scent pipes or I gotta do a combination of like the hides, how I showed you, putting out one hide with live odor, one hide that only has dead in it and see, is she gonna alert on that dead one as well? So if she does, what hap What do you do? With her, she's, I'll either do a quick correction if I have her like on a, um, like a, a prong collar, maybe just a quick little correction. It doesn't take much with her. Um, I've done it a variety of ways. I can just outweigh her, don't pay her, you know, and have her keep searching and realize, okay, that's not right. And then, you know, bring her to the live odor, pay her on the live odor, take her back out, bring her back in, have her come in again, see if she's going to alert again on the dead. Usually it only takes a, like once of not paying her on it. And then she's like, oh yeah, that's not right. <laughs> I mean, she's pretty good. She's pretty quick. Like, uh, but the only problem is sometimes in the field, you kind of feel like they're like, eh, I'll just try it. I'll do it. Yeah, testing the boundaries where she kind of knows if we're doing it in a training scenario, the proofing part, it's kind of like, she gets it real quick because she knows she's not going to get paid. <laughs> this one, these are tricky in these cabinets because the odor pushes different ways as the, as the air comes in and out. So I'm thinking it's pushing over there for I know for her, when her tail starts wagging, she's going to get some odor. There she gets it. She's trying to pinpoint where it's strongest. Good girl. Good job, Good. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Good girl. So sometimes the interesting thing about the odor is you don't know 
You think you see a bug and that's where the odor's gonna be, but it really depends on so many different factors. Where the wind is, if there's air conditioning or fans, things like that, they can alert pretty far away from the actual bug. So what motivates you to do this job? What do you like about it? I, I mean, obviously first it came with the dog, you know, just like, I, but yeah, he just, my, my, my idea of working with a dog is totally different than what it actually is. You know, it's, it's a lot of discipline. Like you were asking about, um, you know, how do you not play with her? How do you not, you know, well, that's, that's, that's a big part of the learning curve of the first dog that I have and I still have, and she's more of a pet now, but she can, she can still find odor pretty good. But I made all the mistakes in the beginning of giving her too much freedom, um, taking her to dog parks, you know, just really socializing her a lot, which is which is good in some areas if your dog is a working dog, like a, like if your dog is, um, you know, is going to visit people in hospitals. Of course, you want them socialized. You want all that kind of stuff. Well, with this, it's a little bit different. You really want that focus on you. You want them to focus on you and the job, not less on you. You want them to focus on the job. You want them to focus on what's going to, what's the most fun that they're going to have today. And it needs to be work. For us, the word work isn't fun, but for dogs, that's their fun time. So if I come home and you know, she gets to lay around with me on the couch and just hang out and just gets, you know, everything. You know, why is she going to want to go to work the next day? You know, what, it's not going to be exciting for her. So it, it's tough because you, you feel like you want to like, oh, I want to make my dog happy. But, you know, it, she's a working dog. She, she has a job and she gets to have fun at work. And when we train or when we're out in the field, like she just lights up and she's just so happy. And, you know, that that's what she that's her life. So it's, it's not cruel, like it's not a cruel thing. And so you had, you've had two dogs that you've worked with for, yeah. and um, how are they different and how are they the same? Well, my first dog, Gypsy, she's a lab terrier mix. Um, she like, I think I said, like I socialized her a lot. She, she loves people, she loves animals. She was, she was distracted in the field and I, and I was really frustrated working with her and it wasn't that She's not a good dog and she doesn't know odor. She knows odor really well. I would just be frustrated with um, trying to work her through distractions. And when what we do, we're out um, interacting with people coming in and out of units, in and out of hotels. We're just in the middle of cities. We're just, there's tons of distractions constantly. And I needed a dog that I could just really get to focus and dial in. And so I saw within my company other dogs that were Belgian Malinois that are just this adult's level of focus that I just was like, wow, that's amazing. So I decided to get another dog and I was a little scared of the Belgian because I know they can be super crazy. But um, the, the dog I got, she's, she's a medium Mal. <laughs> she's not super, super crazy, but she's, she can really focus in and not care about anything else at certain points. And, and I really like that. Um, with my first dog, Gypsy, who's the lab mix, she she's very methodical though. She she the way that she searches is 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 impressive. Like they they taught her like really well just to 
hit every point. Like she will hit every line around the room. Like we call them lines, you know, as they go in, you know, as your dog can go in, it can miss a corner, it can miss a, you know, a curve or something, especially around a bed and miss that odor. Where Gypsy, the way that she works was a little bit slower, but she would hit like every little line that she needed to. And I, and I didn't feel like that she missed a lot. Um, whereas the mouths, they can go a lot faster and they can just kind of maybe miss a little corner or something if you're not paying attention to kind of where they're sniffing to make sure you bring them back to detail. So they're totally different types of dogs and, I, and I've enjoyed working both of them, but I, but I do prefer the Mal <laughs> because we do high volume. We, we'll do a lot of units and we, you just, after... 20 30 units you can keep going with these dogs you can you know there's a point you know you build them up to that level that um i i don't think i could have ever gotten out of my other dog are your relationships with these dogs different than the ones with your the pets you grew up with yeah for sure um with gypsy it's more my first dog she's more now like a pet i mean i keep her on the odor she knows the odor if we need to pull her in at some point for small stuff we can um, but Kaya definitely is just a straight working dog. I let her out um, to exercise her on the weekends, do training and stuff, but there's no going to the dog park. There's no like, let's just get in the car and go. It's, 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 it's all work and training. But what so, about the bond? The bond with her I is so great. And so it is with Gypsy too, but Gypsy's more of a pet. She comes in at night, she lays on the couch with me. So, I mean, that's a different type of a bond. So that's like a pet. Uh, where Kaya, it's this working, it's this working thing where um, it's kind of a stronger bond and, and in a way, um, kind of like a mutual appreciation and respect for what she does, you know, she, and just, like, I would recommend to anybody in any kind of scent detection to, to get a Belgian Malinois. They're just a level that I, I've never had as a pet or I never had. Uh, with my other dog that, that I can't say enough about. I mean, I'm sure there's other breeds too. I'm just not experienced with those as well. So, What do you think dogs have to teach us? Kaya teaches me every morning. She's a whiny girl in the morning. She's so excited to work and get out there and just start the day every morning. You know, she's excited. And I say it to the managers we interact with. They're like, what's wrong with her? I'm like, she just wants to work. She's just excited. They're like, Oh, and I just, it just reminds me every morning that, you know, every day is a new day and every day you can enjoy your day or you can hate your day. You know, she, and she, every day, no matter if, if she has pain or if anything, it doesn't matter if she has diarrhea, if she, it doesn't matter. She's still excited to have that day and work and do something. What do you think the future holds for scent detection dogs. I'm really interested in what they're doing with COVID. I, I've always been interested in, in how dogs can sniff out diseases and things like that. That is fascinating to me. I really haven't done a lot of research in it, so I don't know how that goes. Um, but I, I mean, it's amazing from what dogs can do. I mean, they've been a companion to us for so long, but just the, the, what they can do with their scent detection, it blows me away. I'll hear somebody say, oh, you know, a dog can do this too. You know, I know a dog that does this. I know when I went through training, there was a dog that was learning 
um, to sniff out like um, cell phones in, in jails and contraband and stuff like that. And then, you know, obviously there's bomb sniffing dogs. There's dogs that sniff out different agricultural things. It's just... I mean, I don't think it's ever, I don't think it's going to stop. I think it's just going to continue to grow the field, especially um, like things like the bed bugs where just a dog can do so many, we can go into so many different places and, you know, the people, people will believe the dog over us any day. <laughs> if we bring our dog in and they smell the unit and they don't find anything, people just breathe a sigh of relief. It gives them something other than a person telling them that, you know, they, they, it's like they believe the dog more than us. And, and I think that's like, you know, it says something that we trust in dogs and I don't think that's going to change. If somebody listening was interested or intrigued by this line of work and kind of wanted to know more about it, what advice would you give them? First of all, you need to know if you can handle horrific smells. We're going into um, some units and places that are very dirty and disgusting. I'm talking hoarders. I'm talking um, just major sanitation issues. Uh, you need to know also if you can handle bugs. You're going to interact with bugs, not just bed bugs. You're going to see other bugs. Uh, those are the first kind of two things you need to know about yourself. I mean, as far as bed bug dog goes, because you think, oh, I'm just working the dog. It's no big deal. No, you really need to learn how if you can deal with filth and you can deal with bugs. Now, if you got that down <laughs> and think you can do the dog thing too, then you might be onto something. You also need to be able to, in California, be licensed in pest control, which is a big thing. And it's not an easy test process. It's a, it's a hard test if you're not you know, into this line of work. So, I mean, there's multiple things, um, but you know what, there's so many videos online it's so great nowadays. You can go on YouTube and see how a bed bug dog works. You can pick any kind of bed bug dog you want to see how to work from the small little beagle to a big dog. Um, you can see them in New York. You can see them, I mean, on Instagram, there's tons of dogs that do this for a living. Um, research that stuff. Does it look interesting to you? You know, do you think that you can handle having, you know, a separation from a pet versus a working dog? You know, there needs to be some separation there. Some, I, I've seen... People on Instagram, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of separation, but I don't know if they'd be able to do um, the amount of units that we do. I, I don't know. I mean, every dog's a little bit different and every situation's a little bit different. But for our company, there kind of needs to be that that separation between um, working dog and, you know, a pet. And then your company is located only in California or... Yeah, we, right now we just do California. Um, we do mostly Southern California. We're branching out a little bit into like the San Francisco area as well. Uh, but we get tons of work down here. We really do. I mean, we'll always take on more, but we, we do um, USC three times a year. Yeah, two times a year. Three times. Oh, what, yeah, all the dorms. And they also own property around all bunch of properties all around there. So they want us to, and this is common with um, colleges and stuff. They'll bring in the dogs and have them go through. They really want to be proactive. Sure. And they have a lot of international students that um, bed bug travel. Travel can be a big thing for bed bugs, you know, bring them abroad. And 
Yeah. Do airlines ever employ? No, you mean the tier, and same with cruise ships. I've never, I'm sure some do, but the turnaround is so fast. Like there wouldn't even be time because even if you found that, like how are they going to, tr- they're not going right. to treat that right away. Yeah. So yeah, I've never heard anything. I mean, I, I know it can happen. I mean, you can find bed bugs anywhere that you sit, anywhere like in a bus. Um, you can find them on a uh, Doctors' offices. Uh, I, there's been multiple um, offices that we check. We check people's work offices. Somebody will have them at home and bring them in, and they'll find a bed bug, and then have us come search the offices. We uh, hospitals. We anywhere. Libraries is a big one because people will sit at libraries, especially because sometimes there's a homeless population that spend the day in the libraries. There's certain ones. I'm not going to name which ones that we've treat multiple times because people just continuously bring them in so yeah yeah, anywhere that people sit or convene for a while where you just take a load off you can just kind of bring your bed bugs and let them out (laughs) yeah so do you know if anyone uses dogs to find lice lice no Hmm. because that could be a helpful thing for schools yeah, I think that's pretty easy to see lice, though. <laughs> yeah, they just need to look at the head and they can kind of see it. Yeah, so I guess you need dogs for bed bugs because they're such good little hiders. Yeah, exactly. They're good little hiders. And unless you know what you're looking for, you're like a, the things I explained. And you can, I mean, once you, once you kind of look it up online and you can see, that's one thing. But just, I wouldn't have known this before I started doing it, what to look for if, you know, what the bites look like or what their fecal matter looks like or any of that stuff. That wouldn't have been. But now, you know, I, I can't not see that anywhere I go. <laughs> we also um, will go to private private homes and stuff of people that they've traveled or something's happened and they get bites and they can't figure out what it is and they want to rule out bed bugs. So that we'll bring the dog in and search the house and see if we find anything. I mean... We, and bed bugs don't discriminate. I mean, we've gone to mansions in Beverly Hills and five-star hotels and find them just as much as we find them in not-so-nice places. I mean, usually not, they're not heavily infested, but, you know, we'll still find them. So they're just, they're little hitchhikers is what we call them because they'll just hitchhike their way back to your house on you. So. Fantastic. <laughs> We have a lot of dogs to thank for having nice, peaceful vacations. Yes. <laughs> well, Amy, thank you so much. This was a fun conversation, and I'm sure every listener has learned a lot. And they're probably itchy. <laughs> and thanks for the work that you do. Oh, no problem. We love it. We love it. It sounds gross, but we love it. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you enjoyed it, please consider subscribing on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or a number of other platforms. As I mentioned earlier, I'm your host, Shauna T. I'm a professional photographer, and I'm currently working on a photography project about working dogs. If you would like information about this project, please visit herobeside.me and sign up for the newsletter. Again, that's herobeside.me. Thanks so much. See you next time.